It is not an exaggeration to say that Nick Sirianni is the worst play caller I have ever seen in all of my years of watching NFL football. Roll the intro. This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarula. All right, everybody. Welcome back for another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. Just an awful game last night. Eagles lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-22. But all you need to know about that game is the number one. And I'm not talking about number one being in first place. I'm not talking about one, the hotel chain. I'm talking about one carry in that entire first half for Miles Sanders and the running back room of the Philadelphia Eagles. I have said every single week on this podcast that the only way for the Philadelphia Eagles to beat these upper echelon teams that have good offenses with great quarterbacks is to win the time of possession battle. And the way you do that is by running the football. Last night, by giving one carry to your running backs in the entire first half, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense was on the field for 21 minutes versus the Eagles offense that was on the field for nine minutes. Your defense is not good enough to win games against these top quarterbacks. Nick Sirianni did this against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. He did it against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And he does it again last night against the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. It is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You have one of the top playmakers in the league in Miles Sanders, and you give him the ball one time. Now, I was willing to give Nick Sirianni a chance. In the preseason, I was very high on him. I didn't like that everybody was down on him after the first press conference. I thought he deserved a chance. But I'm at the point right now where I do not think it's an overreaction to say that Nick Sirianni may not be a head coach in the NFL for much longer. It is just bad. One carry for Miles Sanders. One. Nick Sirianni likes to talk about how his father was a high school football coach for many, many years. He still talks to his dad. He still talks to his brother about things in preparation for games. The offense the Eagles rolled out last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked like a high school offense. In fact, a friend of mine is an offensive coordinator at a high school in New Jersey. He would have done a thousand times better than what Nick Sirianni did last night. I don't even understand what the game plan was last night. It almost appears that this offense, that their strategy is just to put Jalen Hurts in the shotgun, snap him the ball, and let him figure it out. He's either going to run it or he's going to throw it. Nobody else is going to be involved. Do you understand how easy that makes it on these defenses? Jordan Maialata, during his press conference yesterday after the game, and I don't think he was taking a shot at the coaches, but they were asking him some questions, and he said, oh, yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knew what we were doing in the beginning of that game. The entire stadium and every single person watching the game on national television knew what the Eagles' offense was doing in the beginning of that game, and for really three and a half quarters of that game. Every single play is the same. They give it to Jalen Hurts. He's either going to run it or he's going to throw it. They don't involve anyone else. There's no deception. There's really no game planning at all. You know, Nick Sirianni talked about how it was a short week, and when they got back from the Carolina game on Sunday night, 
all the coaches came over his house and they started game planning right away. What the heck did they game plan? Watching that offense, it was worse than watching a high school football offense. I don't even like saying it was high school because it was actually worse than high school. And you're going against Tom Brady and one of the top offenses in the league and you roll out that sort of strategy. Just absolutely horrible. Time of possession, first half, 21 minutes versus nine. For overall for the whole game, 40 minutes for the Tampa Bay Bucks, 20 minutes for the Eagles. The defense isn't good enough to be putting them in that position. Really, I don't know if there's a defense in the NFL that's good enough to be put in that sort of position. You cannot roll out your defense over and over and over again. And every single first down play that the Eagles ran yesterday appeared to lose yardage or not gain any yardage. I was watching the post-game show last night, and Ray Dittinger had a stat that was really, really telling. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers' average yardage gained on their first down plays was six yards. The Eagles' average yardage on their first down plays was two. So you realize how much pressure that also puts on your entire offense that every second down is second and long, where the Tampa Bay Bucks, every second down they have is second and short. It makes it that much easier to convert first downs. And we've talked about before that the Eagles have a real problem converting on third down, that their third down efficiency has been extremely, extremely low for the NFL. No difference last night. They only converted third downs for first downs 30% of the time last night. That was the same stat we had last week against Carolina. You're not going to win a lot of games in the NFL by only converting 30% of the time. And I know that they were behind last night. I know they had to throw the ball from behind. But there's no excuse in that first half only running the ball once. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. Do you know how many times they ran the ball last night? 27 times. The best quarterback in the history of the NFL. But the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucs is smart. Byron Leftwich. He knows the best way to win in the NFL is to mix it up to keep the defense guessing, to be able to run play action. So they ran the ball to their running backs 27 times. The Eagles' final stat line, nine carries by your running backs. Miles Sanders had nine carries. And what did we see finally at the end of the game when they started giving the ball to Miles Sanders? He starts picking up yardage at a crazy clip. He averaged over six yards a carry last night. You know it's bad when you hand the ball off and the entire crowd at the link cheers simply because you handed the ball to your running back. It was comical. It was embarrassing that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were basically calling the Eagles a JV team last night. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, yeah, they're a better team. No doubt about it. They are a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles. But they were not playing their best football last night. They gave the Eagles opportunities to win that game if the play calling was better. Now, I don't understand. You know, when Nick Sirianni was hired, what we heard from Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie was that he absolutely blew them away during the interview process, that it became clear he was the guy. What the heck did he say 
in those interviews that would make them think that this guy is an offensive genius because I haven't seen any of it at all. It is so frustrating to me. And the fact that Nick Sirianni, I don't understand. He's been on so many coaching staffs. He's been in the NFL since 2009. He coached with the Chiefs. He coached with the Chargers. He coached with the Colts. How do you not learn that you need to run the ball, that you need to mix up your offense, that you can't just give the ball to Jalen Hurts every single play? You know, it looks like what Buddy Ryan used to do with Randall Cunningham. There was no, just snap the ball to Randall and let him figure it out. Look, Jalen Hurts, I like him, but he's not good enough for you to put all of that pressure on him. He's only in his 10th NFL start ever. And, you know, that takes me to Jalen Hurts. He didn't play very well last night at all. Only throws 12 of 26 for 115 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You know, did run the ball well. He had 10 carries for 44 yards and two touchdowns. But he needs to play better. You know, he missed entirely way too many throws. It looked like his decision-making was off. You know, if you were watching the game on television, you saw Troy Aikman pointing out a couple of times where he needs to release that ball sooner. But it's really, really hard to judge Jalen Hurts when your play calling and your game planning is this bad. It is not fair to him. Yeah, he needs to make better throws. No doubt about it. But when the defense knows that every single play, all they have to do is key on you, it makes it almost impossible for you to be able to do anything. You know, I was looking at some of the statistics over the last few games. It's about 80% of the time Jalen Hurts is either running the ball or throwing the ball over 80% of the time. These defenses and these defensive coordinators are too good to let them know every single play, Jalen Hurts is the guy you got to key on. That's it, because they're not going to give the ball to anybody else. This offense has playmakers. Quez Watkins, man, what a bright spot he's been. Really, one of the only bright spots I saw last night was Quez Watkins. He looks like he's a playmaker. You have Devontae Smith. You know, Jalen Rager, I think the jury's still out on him. I'm very disappointed. I don't know if he's going to be a, a bust or not in that first round. But you also got Miles Sanders. You have Kenny Gainwell. I think for the first time last night in the fourth quarter, I saw Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell on the field at the same time. Why aren't you doing that more? Why aren't you putting Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders in the backfield at the same time? Making the defense think that, hey, maybe there's a chance you're going to hand it off to Miles Sanders. Maybe there's a chance you're going to hand it off to Kenny Gainwell. And then start running some play-action plays off of that. Maybe start running some different screens off of that to your running backs. Just keep them guessing. Mix it up. If Nick Sirianni does not give up play calling for next week, then he should be fired immediately. He just doesn't have it. You know, we've talked about this in the past. Being a good head coach doesn't mean that you have to be a great play caller. There's a lot of coaches in the NFL right now, very successful coaches that don't call offensive plays. You know, Bill Belichick being one of them. You know, we know Andy Reid has given up play calling at times over the years. John Harbaugh in Baltimore doesn't do the play calling. You know, these are good NFL coaches. You don't have to be the play caller. But Nick Sirianni thinks he's good at this somehow. And I don't understand. Nick, give up play calling immediately, please. Because if I have to watch our Philadelphia Eagles march out there again, where one of our best playmakers, Miles Sanders, gets one carry in the first half, I'm going to lose my mind. And I'm sure all of you guys are too. 
But back to Jalen. You know, one of the things I do love about Jalen Hurts is this guy never stops fighting. I mean, even though last night it looked like this game was over in the first quarter, they kept battling. Jalen Hurts kept fighting. You know, his, his, he makes plays with his legs. You like that. He's definitely a leader. He's definitely a fighter. But he's got to get better at throwing the football. But again, how do you judge a guy when the play calling is that bad? But I don't want to harp on all the negatives. All of you guys watched that game last night. It's brutal. Nick Sirianni, this whole coaching staff, you need to get better. But looking at, I guess, some bright spots, you know, what silver linings can we take from last night? I actually thought the defense didn't play that bad. When you're going against a team like the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have an unbelievable offense, and Tom Brady as their quarterback, and you're on the field for 40 minutes in that game, they really didn't play that badly. You know, they didn't play great, but they did enough to win that game. You know, if our offense could have done anything last night, there was, that game was there. That game was there to steal. You know, I, like I said, the Bucs are a better team, but that game was there to steal. The defense played well enough, even caused a turnover, an interception to Tom Brady. Almost had two, the one with Marcus Epps that got overturned. So they did what they could. Jonathan Gannon, not a bad strategy in that game. You know, gave up two opening touchdowns, but then really settled down and played well enough to win the game. Another bright spot we talked about was Quez Watkins. Guy looks like a real playmaker, looks like a steal in the draft two years ago, getting him in the sixth round. He's really one of the best receivers in the NFL on the long ball, and I hope we can really start to see them expand that. Could you imagine if we actually established a running game and ran some play action, deep passes to Quez Watkins? Wow, that sounds revolutionary, doesn't it, Nick? A play action pass after you've actually successfully established the run? But excited to see what maybe he can do with some better play calling. And then another bright spot. It's a shame we didn't see more of him, but it's Miles Sanders. Look what that guy did when they actually gave him a chance yesterday. He was the sole reason they drove right down the field and put that touchdown in to make the game 28-22 and give the Eagles really a chance to steal this game. Miles Sanders, I mean, he's fast, he's strong, he can run between the tackles, he can run outside the tackles. They just don't give him any opportunities. He averaged 6.1 yards a carry last night. That's great. He's averaging over six yards a carry, and you're not giving him the stinking ball. You know, let's just look. I did this the analysis last night. So Miles Sanders is averaging over six yards a carry in that game. With how many times we threw the ball, the Eagles only averaged four yards per passing attempt. Four yards per passing attempt. And they're averaging six yards per running back rush. This isn't rocket science. Run the football. But that was a bright spot with Miles Sanders. And then I guess the one bright spot was I've been talking every week about how our Eagles red zone offense has to be better. When they get inside the 20 of the other team, they have to be able to convert touchdowns, not just field goals. They did do that 100% of the time yesterday. They only had two opportunities in the red zone, but both times... They put it in for touchdowns, which was good to see. But other than that, really no bright spots at all. And again, falls on the coaching staff, too many stupid penalties. You know, you saw, I didn't see it. They didn't show it on camera. Miles Sanders had a personal foul early in the game. I didn't see it. Unacceptable though, personal fouls. And then that one at the end of the game, Avery. 
getting it. Just when all the momentum is on the Eagles' side, they just score. They make it 28-22. Looks like they're finally going to be able to maybe get something going here. Defense has all the momentum. The link's going crazy. He gets a taunting penalty. Now, look, whether or not you agree with the rule, it is what the rule is. I hated that call by the referee. At that point in the game, you don't throw the flag there. He didn't do much. But we talked about this on the podcast in the preseason. The NFL told all of the teams they were really going to start emphasizing that taunting rule. What I don't like about it, and I said this in the preseason, is I'm an attorney. So we, we deal with laws all the time. And when laws have too much room for interpretation, it causes problems. And what the taunting rule is, and I'm going to read it so I can get it accurate, is baiting or taunting acts or words that may engender ill will between teams. What the heck does that mean? What the heck does that mean? It makes it so hard on these players. And you saw Avery. I mean, really, what did he do? He stood up over top of them. You know, but you got to know, as players and as coaches, really especially as coaches, you have to teach your players what's acceptable and what's not and really err on the side of caution. Just make the tackle and walk away. There's no room for it. If you know there's a chance the NFL is going to throw a flag, you know there's a chance the referees are going to call a penalty, don't do it. At that point in the game, didn't like the call by the ref, but that's what the NFL wants to enforce this year. That's an unacceptable penalty. But all in all, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know what's going to happen with this coaching staff. I mean, the offense, it can't get much worse than this. Let's hope they reset. They're going to have a long week now. It's Thursday night game. They're going to have an extra extended recovery. They play next Sunday in Las Vegas against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are going through all sorts sorts of turmoil right now with what happened with their head coach, John Gruden, what's going on with their organization. So you would hope that the Eagles would be in a prime position to go to Las Vegas and win this football game with everything that's going on with Las Vegas. They have a long time to prepare. If Nick Sirianni and that offensive coaching staff rolls out the same offensive game plan after having 10 days to prepare for that Raiders game, Jeffrey Lurie's got to fire him right now. I mean, you can't do that. He's got to really look internally. I like him. I think Nick Sirianni's a nice guy. I really like the culture he's trying to bring. But sometimes you have to realize, you know, we talk about this all the time at my business, at our law firm. Do you have the right people in the right seats? Nick Sirianni is in the wrong seat as the play caller of this offense. So look internally, do some soul searching, Nick, and give up play calling in preparation for this Raiders game. And if Miles Sanders and those running backs don't have 20 carries in that Raiders game, you are insane. Okay? Give them the ball. Let your playmakers make plays. If you guys agree with me, or you don't agree with me, and you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, Comment below. I'm really curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are about Nick Sirianni's offensive play calling, this coaching staff's offensive play calling, and really Jalen Hurts. And if you're listening on the podcast, you know, leave it in the review. Let us know how we're doing here. But I'd like to hear your guys' comments too because I am just irate over what's going on. But let's do what we always do. We like to look at Wentz watch. At least that's something we can be excited about is, hey, if he plays 75% of the snaps, we get another first-round draft pick. Well, they lost last week. The Indianapolis Colts are 1-4. And, and so far to date, 
Carson Wentz has played 98.5% of the snaps. So that is looking better and better that the Eagles are going to get the Colts draft pick. Right now, it would be a top 10 pick. They already have the Miami Dolphins draft pick for next year. Right now, they're one and four. That would be a top 10 pick. And we have our own draft pick, which right now would be a top 15 pick at two and four. So things look good for the future, assuming Howie Roseman and the scouting department are going to hit on those draft picks. And that's a big assumption in light of what we've seen over the years. But let's hope we get three first round draft picks. And I'm still very, very curious to know, do we have a franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts? I've said before, I like his demeanor. We talked about that earlier. But do we have a franchise quarterback? We're not going to know until he actually gets an NFL game plan and not a JV high school game plan going into a game. That's the only way we're going to be able to figure out if this guy is our franchise quarterback. And they better figure it out soon because when we have three first-round draft picks, we got to decide, are we using those to get a quarterback or are we using those to build around Jalen Hurts? Another positive, another positive, and it has nothing to do with the Eagles. The Philadelphia Flyers start their season tonight. A whole new season, clean slate. They made a lot of changes in the offseason. So let's go Flyers. They open up at home against the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Let's see what they can do. Very, very excited. And then in a couple weeks, we got our 76ers coming back, supporting the Sixers today. We got the 76ers coming back. Who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, but at least, man, there's some things that can distract us from this Eagles team and what's going on. You got the Flyers, you got the Sixers, but let's see what goes on. So let me know in the comments below any thoughts you have about the Eagles, any thoughts you have about the Flyers, anything about the Sixers. We're going to have a long break until that Raiders game. Let's hope they can figure things out. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you're not following us, be sure to check us out. We're on all your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. So give us a like, give us a follow, and be sure to comment. Talk to you guys soon.